Hello everyone, welcome to This Week Esports, a podcast that brings you weekly updates from the competitive esports world. My name is Alex, and I'll be your host. Don't forget, you can also check us out at thisweekesports.com for information on the podcast, our social media handles, and all the episodes that we've released so far. Now without further ado, on to the games. Welcome to this week's episode number 17 and spanning from August 3rd to the 9th. Uh, so what do we have? We have Counter-Strike prepping the next big ESL tournament with a dream hack open in Europe and North America. StarCraft pushes through their GSL with the round of four now complete and the grand finals all set up for this coming weekend. Uh, Dota has a little tournament starting as well. And uh, what we're going to start with today, League of Legends. And I got to say, what a week we had here as teams had one last shot to fight for a playoff spot, uh, which even led to some tiebreakers. So we're going to start in Europe because that's where the sheer madness was over in the LEC. Um, starting with the more typical news, Rogue was able to go 2-1 and one in their final week, taking one of those off Mad Lions to secure their first place spot. Mad Lions actually went 1-2, and two, so they did throw away uh, any chance of coming in first. G2 finally showing that form from earlier in the season, uh, being last year's champions as well. So a big 3-0 week puts them in, uh, puts them up one spot into third, while Fnatic secured fourth. So... We had some changes at the top of the table, but this is where it gets fun. Uh, Remember that only the top six qualify in Europe, making it a bit harder than in NA, or at least a more confined uh, space to get into the playoffs. Uh, So where does that leave us? Well, going back a few weeks ago, Schalke were 1-10 in and last place. They were mathematically still in the hunt for the playoffs, although everything had to fall their way. So from there, Schalke went on a four-game win streak, clawing themselves back up to 5-10. and ten. Still alive, far from where they needed to be, and forcing them to have to win all their games in the final week. Well, what did they do? First day, they stunned Fnatic in their first game, 6-10. and ten. They toppled Vitality in their second game, now they're at 7-10. and ten. Meanwhile, Excel going into their last game was eight and nine. So Excel had a win and you're in situation and they were playing against G2. Schalke's last game was before Excel's last game. So they had to focus on themselves first. They somehow found a surprisingly exciting but clinical win against Lions. Arguably the best team in the league this year, although they did hit a bit of a speed bump at the end, but you know, top two team. So they beat Lions. Forcing Lions to second place. Their work was done, and now they had to watch in agony while cheering for G2. And G2, the reigning champions, also on a five-game win streak, um, looking to make it six. And they did. XL was disposed of, and just like that, Schalke completes the miracle run. What a season. You know, I kept jokingly saying they weren't mathematically eliminated. Uh, since I think week six, so week seven, eight, nine here, and somehow they've helped me tell the truth. So, uh, so now we wait. Um, first set of games are next week for the playoffs, and the rest of the month is filled with a pretty epic playoff series in Europe. So that's going to be absolutely stunning. Kind of a, a mini bracket is set up there, but uh, oh my, what a story! Imagine if they can continue their run and their luck uh, through the playoffs. That would be. Uh, one of the biggest stories in esports history. 
I think. So yeah, that sets up Europe. Meanwhile, the NA scene completed their season at the same time. Uh, although a little less exciting, still some great news here. So let's see what happened across the pond. So firstly, Liquid hold their form. They go 2-0 and they take top of the table. C9 kept the pace, but the damage from the last few weeks was done, so they have been relegated to second place, although certainly a great split from them. This said, though, it was pretty important for them to get out of their slump, and taking two wins this week will certainly help them towards that right into the playoffs. Uh, the next big thing was FlyQuest. So they ended their season 2-0 on the week, 6-0 in their last three, which actually means they took over or overtook TSM through Tiebreaker, putting TSM in fourth. A little bit of a shocker to those passively watching, but FlyQuest has been so consistent. Uh, so certainly could see them as some sort of dark horse to win NA. Um, you know, people know they're there. People know they're good, but they've just been cruising along. Meanwhile, Guardians, EG, and 100 Thieves round out the top seven, putting the eighth, eighth spot up for grab. Now, Back in week four, CounterLogic was playing incredibly well. They went on a run, and they were a shoo-in then for a top six spot, probably even a top four spot. Well, the season ended horribly for them. They went 1-11 from that point on, ending at 5-13. Meanwhile, Dignitas was able to find enough random wins along the way, including one in this final week, to get themselves to 5-13. and 13. So what does this mean? Well, a playoff. So uh, for the tiebreaker in the final spot. So the first 15 minutes, pretty smoothly for both teams. Counter Logic controlling the tempo of the game. However, there were a few big fights around the Dragons. And a few quick rotations from Dignitas. And they just, they got that lead. Uh, they got a nice little 5-6k gold league. They got control of the jungle. And then from there on, then on, they never relinquished it. Dignitas takes the final spot in NA with a tiebreaker. So certainly some very exciting times. So League of Legends is set. We have the playoffs. We're ready for some, hopefully some great runs, some big upsets, and some fantastic stories. We will have all the news from this coming week. So watch what you can and join us for the rest. Now we're going to jump from our MOBA to the RTS and look at what happened in StarCraft 2. So... GSL Final Four was upon us uh, over the last week and weekend. We had a great ZVZ to start it off between Rogue and DRG, while TY looked to compete in his second consecutive finals against Stats in a PVT on the other side. So, starting with the Zergs, what happened? Well, DRG is back from his hiatus, as has been mentioned a few times in this podcast, and looking to be best in the world once again, all the while, Rogue the ever-present Zerg Master, is there as his opponent. And fun fact, he's actually never lost a best-of-seven in a major tournament, and he's trying to keep that streak alive. So off to the games. Game 1, Rogue and DRG go separate routes at layer tech, GR DRG opting for quick mutas and air superiority. Rogue saw this and countered with Roaches and Nidases. Eventually, you know, DRG defended the Nidus's pretty well, even spotted the first two. But when that Roach count hit, um, you know, larger numbers, the flood started. There was just no way for the, the Mutas to deal enough damage with the attacks uh, quickly enough. And all of his lings on the ground died as well. So Rogue was able to take the win. So one nothing to Rogue. 
off to game two. Now, this is the one to watch. If you can only watch one VOD, might not be the best game of the week. It is certainly the best game of the series and the most fun game of this series. So Rogue sends a worker into DRG's base almost immediately off the top and successfully sneaks it in unseen. So what he does is he builds a hatchery in the corner just out of vision from DRG because when you start as a Zerg, you know, your uh, your hatchery doesn't actually see all the creep, whereas at layered, layer tech, it does. So all of a sudden, DRG senses the Ling Flood. He builds up his wall at his natural. He has his queens. He has his links. He's ready to defend. But lo and behold, from the corner of his base, not only was he attacked at the front, Zerglings and queens come from this secret hatch. So he had units coming from within the base. Um, you know, he did a great job holding it as much as he could, but the math was never going to work out given the advantage. So Rogue takes it to, to nothing. Uh, the next two matches saw Rogue um, perfect DRG's original quick muta build and snowballed the muta count rather than losing to DRG in his Roach counter. So that brought it to 3-0. Now, game four gave us uh, a cheeky, uh, quick... Zergling rush from DRG uh, and with Banelings and everything, but Rogue was just able to hold on and stabilize it, which eventually turned into a massive Muta versus Muta build and fight. One time, about 10 minutes in, the flocks met in the middle, and Rogue's numbers were just high enough to take the engagement and take the win. He probably got the first shot off too, which sometimes can be the difference with how that damage is calculated with that unit so another win by uh, rogue four to zero absolute master class by what is probably the best planner of legacy of the void and starcraft 2 at the moment and it just went to show he never why he never has lost the best of seven he's just too good at planning out different builds and playing with his opponent's mind so a fantastic series and run by drg although he went out oh to four it could have easily been two to two at that point after the four games, you know, just with maybe a bit of a different scout or a bit of a different encounter halfway through. So hopefully these two meet again in season three. It would be absolutely great to have them play again. But, you know, meanwhile, congrats to Rogue and uh, on to the grand final. So now who is he going to play? So our second match had the Terran version of Rogue and TY. Very crafty. Um, you know, planner in terms of a series and stats, probably the most patient and macro driven player in the world, certainly the most patient Protoss that we know. So what happened? Well, game one stats actually goes off script and begins with a cheese of his own. Who would have thought that? Well, TY apparently sniffs it out, depowers the proxy twice and marches across the map to take the quick and easy win. One nothing TY. Second game, a macro grind that led to TY finding a unit lead and trying to force his hand to keep stats on his toes. Uh, TY pulls the boys of the army, arrives as the upgrades finish, but stats lucky to get a disruptor out just in time. And I mean, just in time for the fight means he's able to completely control the tempo. And from there, you know, that's his specialty. That's what he thrives in. He gets the shots he needs from the disruptor and eventually just swallows the entire army whole. TY knowing he only had about 15 workers left, that the game was over. So he GG's 1-1. Third game, 
TY goes for a proxy hiding it just far enough that Stats would never suspect its location and somehow Stats wills his probe to never find it. Stats probably probably scouted 85% of the map and somehow within that small percentage at 15% he did not find this building or these buildings. Um, so he's just never able to find it. TY, TY arrives at the base with Marines and boys on top. All Stats could do was force field his ramp until a sentry ran out of energy, and sentries just don't do damage. So, boom, 2-1 to one, TY. The plan is going according to how he wants it. So, game four, uh, macro battle of macro battles, and will likely be remembered for two things. One, Stats was able to hide a base before the big engagement, as well as his DT tech. And two, uh, the two armies marched next to each other without realizing it on their way to their opponent's base. So essentially, Protoss got a bit of a head start on a base trade while Terran tried to play catch-up. Uh, and yeah, that was never going to be successful. Protoss units are actually really good at base trades. And he even caught part of the Terran army you know, um, from the flanks, was able to actually really put a dent in it as well. Lack of scans and probes, or an SCVs, I should say, meant the match was over. So two to two. Uh, after that, Stats held a pretty quick Marauder push in game five. So TY, again, going for a quick build, a bit of a cheesy push. And he just, uh, he being Stats, just snowballed it into a win, uh, you know, as he was able to just defend and then just march across the map. So another massive game six and it was a macro game um spoilers it was the last game ty tried a few anti-timings along the way but once again was simply pushed back every time eventually a second base trade uh, base race was for second time in the series and ty once again just ran out of scans blink dts were everywhere and uh ty eventually tastefully gg so four two to stats and he's going to face off against rogue what a series especially the latter one i would recommend to everyone the finals uh for this will be this weekend friday and saturday depending on your time zone so look forward to being able to break the grand finals down in more detail these are going to be two fantastically prepared players so hopefully it goes to seven at least give us six games because that's all that's all we want really uh but yeah so uh look forward to discussing about it next week uh from here we're going to jump over from starcraft and we are going to look at what happened in dota so what do we have in Dota? We don't actually have any uh, games that really happened this week, at least not in uh, the bigger scale of things. But uh, ESL won Thailand, um, which was originally going to be Thailand. Uh, the North America and European side of it got split off to create two leagues, the Omega Leagues. So those are actually starting up uh, this week. So on the 14th, I believe, is when Europe starts and North America is just about to start as well, I believe, later in the week. So what is the Omega League? Well, it's just essentially pretty simply. It's it's a one-month-long league or three-week-long league. We're going to have two groups um, in both America and in Europe. All the big teams are going to be there. So we have Alliance, Evil Geniuses, Nigma, VP, Secret, Liquid, OG, Vikings, uh, who, who have I missing? Ninjas in Pajamas, Fly to Moon, so uh, Navi as well. So all the teams are going to be there uh, in North America, and or in Europe, I should say, as well as in North America. We have your typical with Quincy Crew Business, the Business Associates, Beast Coast. They're still going through their qualifiers as well, so there'll be a few other teams. But every team and their group plays each other. 
then they're going to create a playoffs prize pools pretty large 600 grand so that will be fun and it'll be a nice um you know instead of dota they like to like rush everything in the course of a week it's going to be nice and slow so every team's going to play a game or two uh every week and then you know they're going to have a chance to look at each other how each other plays uh how everyone's drafting so what's fun with this is you get these metas that change throughout a tournament more so then in a very short tournament where people kind of tend to do one or two meta changes at most something like this um, you'll see a much more because as people find ways to to work around what other teams are doing so we should have a lot of fun with this um, so we'll have all that for you next week yeah first games here august 14th so it is this friday and saturday and sunday for all the first set of games uh sticking with valve Let's take a quick look at Counter-Strike. They're encountering something similar, actually. So their ESL is upcoming in what would have been ESL. Cologne is coming at the end of August. But DreamHack did have a quick tournament so we can get the rust off of all the players. Uh, starting in Europe, they actually just started. So there's, uh, who do we have in Europe? We have Big, we have Complexity, we have Forza, Heroic, Mad Lions, Spirit, OG, and endpoint uh, so they're just going to be in two groups of four uh, top two qualify for a semi-final and final series so short but effective uh, so so far only one game seems to have been played by all the players so big and heroic won their games they're one and oh endpoint actually played two games look at that they are one and one and mad lions uh bottom of the table into i think they're eliminated i don't think they can claw back even if they win their last game Meanwhile, Group B, uh, Complexity and OG are also one and one. Top of the group, Forza is one and or one and O. Oh, sorry, Forza is one and one, and Spirit is now eliminated at O and two. So, um, what do we have next? We have Big and Heroic playing in the winners' match on the 11th, and then we have Complexity versus OG on the 12th. Uh, so the two winners will go through, and then there will be a decider match for the final one. So a nice little quick dream hack tournament. And what happened in North America? It's the same thing. We have Cloud9, uh, Cloud9 Team 1, Furia, and Yag Gaming in the first group. Uh, Furia and Team 1 won their first games. Uh, Yag Gaming is now eliminated, and Cloud9 is waiting for their final uh, opponent. Meanwhile, Chaos and Liquid won their games. Triumph and Z Pudge are uh, waiting for their elimination match, which I believe is tomorrow as well. So, um, what do we expect? I mean, I personally expect Chaos and Liquid out of one side. The other side will be interesting. Furia Team 1 and Cloud 9, one of those teams being eliminated um, probably earlier than you'd expect from these teams, but here we are so uh yeah anyways um that's it for everything uh this week for all those sports so once again uh, the schedule is actually starting to really ramp up here so we'll be a bit swamped uh, in the coming weeks but thanks as always for listening go out there and watch what you can in the coming week and join us for the rest don't forget to tweet at us at esports this week on twitter or go to the website thisweekesports.com to have direct access to the podcast and various other links as well as my email. So until next week, stay safe out there and as always, happy gaming.